Hello, folks. Welcome to People Along the Way. The podcast. I'm Cesar Petrago. And I'm Anthony Moganum. This week's episode is the Tabard Theater in San Pedro Square. So Caesar and I had the opportunity to speak with Nick Nichols, the executive director for the Tabard Theater. And we got into quite a bit. His passion for the theater, how he got into it to begin with, how he ended up at the Tabard after being at much larger theater companies in the past, and generally how the theater is working within the San Jose arts community. Yeah, it was really cool. We learned about the various productions happening now, as well as some of the challenges a small theater faces in San Jose. There is one correction we have to make. Mom's Gift, the show currently playing at the Tabard Theater, runs through November 19th, not whatever time we mentioned during the show. For more information, you can visit them at www.tabardtheater.org. And with that, enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. So, Mr. Nichols, right? Is that how you pronounce it? Nick Nichols, right? Nick Nichols. Uh, why don't you tell us the inception story of the Tabard Theater? Sure. Um, <clears throat> Tabard Theater was founded in 2001 uh, by Kathy Spielberger Cassetta. Uh, Kathy is still with us as uh, our artistic director. Uh, and for uh, the first, uh, g- oh, golly, I guess seven, eight years of the company, it was uh, <clears throat> an itinerant. Uh, community theater. So uh, they uh, performed in uh, churches, in uh, community centers uh, all over the the South Bay and a number of places they didn't have a home. Uh, In 2008, uh, the company uh, was contracted by then the um, uh, redevelopment agency of the city of San Jose to take over theater on San Pedro Square and uh, become the uh, principal tenant and manager of the theater. And we have been uh, that ever since. Uh, in that time, from 2001 to today, we've moved from a uh, itinerant uh, kind of little theater company with about a $30,000 annual budget to now a multifaceted uh, performing arts organization with over half a million dollar organization. Oh, wow. Or, I'm uh, sorry, half a million dollar budget. Wow. What type of different passes do you guys do other than just... We, we occupy, uh, we do a lot of things. I mean, our, our sort of uh, stock and trade, if you will, is our uh, main stage season of plays. So every year we put on six plays and uh, musicals. Uh, this is our 17th season that we're in right now, and we have Mom's Gift performing on our stage. Uh, the season opened with Peter and the Star Catcher, and we'll include you know great shows like uh, Miracle Worker and, and things of that nature. Um, in addition to that, we have a very... Uh, uh, aggressive uh, arts uh, or theater arts education program, and there's sort of two wings of that. We uh, put on after-school programs uh, at uh, various schools, and in conjunction with the Boys and Girls Clubs of San Jose or I'm sorry, Silicon Valley. Um, part of our mission is to bring arts education to underserved communities, uh, youth in underserved communities, and so we uh, 
have faculty that go to uh, Empire Gardens School, to uh, both the Smythe and Alum Rock uh, clubhouses in the east side with boys and girls clubs. And then in addition to that, our education program during the summer is very busy. We put on uh, summer camps for children. So they come from 9 in the morning till about noon or 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and uh, uh, they uh, put on uh, usually uh, Disney plays and do it in either a one- or two-week period. So it's a real quick thing. And then finally, we in our education program have a thing which is we think we're pretty unique on. It was called the Mentor Play, where we take um, actors uh, who are also really good mentors and teachers, adult actors, that is, and put them in a cast with young performers, anywhere from eight years old to 14. And we put on a fully produced play during the summer for them. Oh, wow. oh, that's so they, very cool. So they get to learn kind they, of like they, everything. Every they step. literally get taken under the wing of a established and experienced actor and, uh, you know, learn how to, how one rehearses a play, how one develops a character, how just one conducts oneself, uh, in, in a, in a cast and, and in, in doing a play. So we have that. And then we have two other, uh, sort of wings of our organization. We have a program called Tops Tuesday, which is a free, uh, music series we put on most Tuesdays, um, we discovered that uh, the very diverse community of musicians here in San Jose um, really was in dire need of places to perform. And so uh, Tuesdays is historically a pretty slow night for a theater. So <laughs> came up with the idea of inviting uh, various artists from our community, musical artists, to come in and they uh, perform. Uh, the concerts are free to the public. Uh, the bar is open and and uh, it's a great time. So, are those and, and local bands? they are all local bands, oh. and we have we've uh, partnered. Our first uh, two years, we partnered with the uh, Silicon Valley Blues Society, and they were just oh, great and brought in cool. phenomenal bands. And I'm never, uh, I, I never cease to be amazed by just the high quality of musicians that come through our door. They're just incredible. This coming Tuesday, we have Sons of Jubal, big band oh, coming wow. in, and then uh, the uh, Tuesday after that, we have have uh, two folk artists coming in so you oh, kind of wow. you, you, you never know what you're going to get but you're always going to find something you'll probably <laughs> like you know so and then finally we have a thing called um, tabard uh, events which uh, we bring in outside performance groups and outside performers to do work that's uh, complements or is different from the stuff that we put on so um, we've produced uh, concerts by uh, the 60s band uh, uh, syndicate of sound uh, we've put on uh, uh, plays by visiting groups. We brought in a national tour of Stand, which was a play about the topic of homelessness. Um, and uh, then every year, twice a year, we bring in the uh, Bay Area's uh, wonderful, uh, great uh, political satirist Will Durst, and so oh, he wow. does. Yes. He does a show uh, in May for us, and then they do two shows on New Year's Eve. So. So that that, that kind of encapsulates, uh, you know, what Tabard does. We're we're a very, oh, and then uh, obviously our theater is just as I think you mentioned earlier, kind of a little gem, and we do rent it to everyone from corporations for meetings and team building and things like that to uh, you know other performing arts groups. That's very cool. You mentioned something interesting about starting, uh, you know, in the conception of the theater as having a fairly modest budget to something more realistic for a theater of your size. What was the dividing line? What were the changes that caused that to happen? 
Um, I think the big thing was just getting into this theater. Uh, mm-hmm. Once the company uh, got into this theater, we really flourished uh, because then we had a number of other revenue streams, all the things I just described, open to us. Uh, so that uh, you know almost necessitated that we grow because one of our mandates when the city uh, you know uh, asked us to run the the place was to keep keep it programmed, if mm-hmm. you will, you know, and then when at the, at the outset, we were actually getting a little funding from RDA, but then RDA went away mm-hmm. and, but the company still continued to thrive. We had a good business model with a, a very diverse, uh, uh, you know, diverse lines of, um, of income and, uh, we run a pretty tight ship around here. So <laughs> that's great. Nice. So San Pedro Market Theater Company, that was separate from the Tabard Theater, correct? So they're two separate companies? Yeah, this is a little uh, confusing, to, yeah. And, and <laughs> let, me, let me kind of straighten that out. The Tabard Theater Company is our company, okay? Mm-hmm. And we are the company that operates the venue that is called Theater on San Pedro okay. Square. Gotcha. Okay, okay. so uh, one is the name of the physical building and the other is the name of the organization that runs that physical building gotcha gotcha so you the tabard theater is just the house or is it the other way around? the other way around okay. the, the, the so, tabard theater is the organization, the organization. So, that so runs it. the physical theater that is called theater on san pedro square gotcha okay <laughs> it's been clarified is the Tabard Theater associated with any other theaters in the area, or is this the only one? We're we're not associated in terms of we you know we're not you know partnering with or anything like that mm-hmm. uh, you know on a regular basis. However, one of the I've been working in the San Jose arts community for golly at least thirty years. I haven't counted oh, for yeah. a very long time, <laughs> and and one of the reasons I've stayed is because we have a very collegial uh, relationship with almost all of the other performers. Performing arts groups in mm-hmm. in town, and uh, you know that's not uh, special to us. It's just sort of the way that our community, you know, exists. Um, so, uh, and also there's in, when you're talking about established theater companies now, there's uh, really kind of in the downtown area three. There's us, there's uh, City Lights, mm-hmm. and there's um, San Jose Stage, and each one of us does a incredibly different artistic product from the other. So. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's not at all competitive because, uh, you know, the type of, you know, great stuff that they do at San Jose stage, you know, is not the type of play that we would do mm-hmm. and vice versa. And, of course, the same goes for City Lights. So. That's great. So you support each other. And kind as of- much as we can. Absolutely. You know, I mean, in terms of sharing props and sharing costumes and, and whatever we can, uh, we and also some marketing. Do you think that's specific to the way San Jose is? I mean, it's a pretty unique city as is. Do you think other counties or other areas have that same kind of network between creative organizations like yourselves? Um, you know, I, I, I do, actually. I, I think that maybe San, in the San Jose community kind of uh, takes it an, another step in a good direction. <laughs> uh, but I've worked in a number of other communities. And, you know, it's, um, first of all, uh, you know, theater people tend to, you know, w- w- need to help each other, if you will. Yes. Because, I mean, you know, we are a, uh, a, a industry that is always, uh, you know, just uh, a, a few bad plays away from disaster. Disaster, you know, and it, it, it's not like we have, uh, you know, we're, we're Apple and we oh just got a couple million dollars sitting yeah, around exactly. someplace, you know, <laughs> for them it's probably hundred million. So, um, you know, uh, cooperation is, uh, you know, in our industry 
pretty prevalent. But, um, you know, in terms of uh, San Jose, I think one of the things is as we become a big city, we still, at least in the arts community, have this really nice relationship with one another where, um, you know, I can pick up the phone and call any of the arts leaders and A, they know me and B, uh, they're happy to talk to me. And Mm -hmm. the first question, if I've got a problem is how can we help? So that's great. Yeah. How does, I mean, this is a tech hub, and obviously, like you said, a lot of money floating around in this area. Does that affect the business? I mean, obviously it does, but how does that impact how you guys run your business in comparison to an area that maybe doesn't have that kind of influence? It, it does, and uh, the... the thing that surprises a lot of people is yes it were you know the you know tech hub and there's you know a huge amount of tech money in the valley however uh this area is without question one of the most difficult to raise money for for the arts Mm -hmm. uh anywhere in the nation uh Hmm. and uh there's a lot of reasons for that uh first off uh you know we have uh, a community one of the reasons i have chose chosen to to live here is because i love the diversity of our community mm-hmm. uh you know there's so many different cultures different aspects of life just you know however sometimes for a theater company like us uh, that makes it a little bit difficult because you know at the end of the day we're peddling a english language based western european art form mm-hmm. and uh a lot of people in our our valley weren't you know raised with that tradition and so uh you know they might go and uh see another type of theater that maybe is a little more closer to you know their culture or their interests or things mm-hmm. like that um also uh with corporate funding uh in the area the vast majority of it leaves the south bay yeah um and there's reasons for that i mean you know you're a high-tech company and yeah maybe you've got your offices and r&d here but you know you're building your product in you know china china or somewhere like that so you know, you would be predisposed to maybe give more to, you know, a the community where your product's being built. Of course. Things like that. So yeah. while um, we're not happy about that, we understand it, you know. <laughs> so we've got that. And then and then finally, uh, you know, uh, we have a lot of companies here that are, um, you know, they're just, they're so new, you know, that they're kind of haven't gotten to that place yet where philanthropy is part of the deal. Uh, I I lived and worked in the East Coast for a long time, and there was a a, a social uh, benefit, if you will, to contributing to the ballet or the Mm -hmm. symphony or this or that or the other thing. And I don't think that uh, our community, because a lot of it is so new, has that that mindset quite yet. So we have to scramble. How about the rest of California? I mean, we kind of grouped into all the same category. Do you think LA and San Francisco have the same caveats, so to speak? San Francisco does not. Uh, San Francisco has a long tradition with both corporations and families of, uh, you know, uh, contributing. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of money that goes to the arts. And uh, so uh, as a consequence, they have, you know, just world-class theater, ballet, Mm -hmm. symphony, all of those things, you know. But there's a long historic tradition of supporting the arts in in the much older city. Um, L.A., 
LA's tough. You know, I just was talking to a colleague of mine the other day who was uh, saying that it's really hard to, uh, you know, keep theater going uh, in LA because everybody's so focused on the film and television course, industry, yeah. you know. So, um, uh, San Diego, uh, I think San Diego probably is a little bit better off than us because they do, I think, have a little bit easier go. But uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, across the country, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a hard job to raise money for uh, for the arts. It sounds like it. Yeah. Do you think that <clears throat> San Jose, even though we're trailing behind San Francisco quite a bit, according to what you said. In, 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 in the arts. Of, yeah, of <laughs> course, of course. <laughs> Do you think we're going to get to that point in a number of years, 50 you know, years? I, I, I kind of hope we don't. I oh, mean, okay. you know, I, I kind of hope that we um, don't ever try and become San Francisco. Mm-hmm. We, you know, relish and develop our own, uh, you know, our own culture, yeah. who we are down here. Um, you know, we're, we're a very different place from San Francisco. And I love San Francisco, but I love San Jose, too. And yeah. they're both very different places. And so, uh, you know, I, I think that for a lot of years, you know, at least people thought we were trying to become San Francisco. Well, I think we're slowly getting to the point of, no, we don't want to become there. We have our own identity down yeah, here, and, and this true, is who exactly. we're going to be, you know? And I mean, um, and in fact, if you look at the arts groups in in San Jose uh, proper, we do uh, kind of uh, mirror what's going on down here from a business standpoint in that we uh, don't have these huge uh, companies down here. We have a couple that are somewhat large, our opera and our symphony, but mm-hmm. by and large, we're kind of scrappy, you know, <laughs> nimble efficient. little companies that yeah. are efficient, you know, much like a startup. Mm-hmm. And so I think that instead of trying to become San Francisco, we're far better to really get clear on who we are as San Jose and be very proud of that. Yeah. That's great. That's actually where we got the idea for the podcast, because when a city's starting, I mean, San Jose's been around for a long time, obviously. You take influence from SF, you take influence from LA, but once you get to a certain size, it's time to start developing your own culture. And that's what we want to show is that that culture exists. There's still a reason to go to San Francisco for sure. Mm -hmm. But you can also find the same kind of fun here in San Jose. And the parking's a lot less. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Silver lining. Yeah. (laughs) So I have a question. In your opinion, like, how are you seeing live theater kind of their role to play in the the new culture that is going to be San Jose's culture? Well, you know, I mean, people have said that live theater has been dying since about the time of the Romans, you know, and, <laughs> and, and we just keep going on. And, and you know, that's because, um, you know, theater brings something uh, to the table that no other art form can. And, and what it is is that um, the audience is there at the moment of creation and has a role in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, uh, when you're putting on a play, every night is different. And it's because the actors are different that night, because the audience is different that night. The reactions are different, you yeah. know. And, um, you know, there is just a wonderful power. In fact, this is why I've made a career of it, of getting in a room full of total strangers and all of a sudden having a visceral reaction, an emotional reaction to something uh, in the in, in much the same way, you know. And so all of a sudden, you know, if uh, you're watching an incredible 
you know, touching performance and a tear is rolling down your eye and a tear is rolling down everybody else in the rose eye. You know, it doesn't matter if you're man, woman, child, you know, what your ethnic origin is, what your beliefs are, what your political background is. You're reacting to that as, as, as a human, you know. Right. Uh, uh, theater in universities is part of the Department of Humanities, and there's a reason for that. Does that same connection exist with film, in your opinion, or is it different at the core? Film can cert- film touches you very differently, but I think just in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, film is not immediate. You know, you're seeing something that was done in the in the past. Yeah, something now, very planned out. Having said that, I have sat and laughed and cried just as much in a film as I have at a theater. Oh, we have to. You know, um, (laughs) but there's just uh, something different about the live theater uh, process. I I think the the key word there is live, you know, that, uh, you know, it's kind of, I had a friend who uh, in a younger life was uh, a race car driver. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, you know, people don't come to the races to see a crash, but if there were never a crash, people wouldn't come. (laughs) And I I think that in theater, it's very much like that. You don't come to see, you know, uh, someone mess up, someone mess up yeah. you know, but there is an inherent danger and at the same time courage mm-hmm. as to what these people are doing in front of you. And it's just, uh, it touches you in a completely different way. That makes sense. It's like live TV. Yep. You never know what's going to happen and it kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat. Right. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. Let's talk about you for a second. Hmm? Personally, you mentioned that you lived on the East Coast, kind of doing not the same thing, but working in the arts. Mm-hmm. What brought you to San Jose originally? Well, I'm I, I'm a native of California. In fact, oh. I'm a third generation Californian. Uh, oh, nice. I uh, was uh, born in Burlingame, actually, and uh, then uh, ended up going to my undergraduate at Santa Clara University. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I uh, went there with the very good intentions of getting a degree in English or history and going on to law school. And uh, then I uh, literally, the first week I was on campus, uh, uh, wandered into the theater and uh, that oh, wow. changed everything. So I got my degree in theater from uh, Santa Clara and then I decided to uh, pursue actually a graduate degree in uh, production and design. Hmm. So uh, I hmm. ended up going to Temple University on the East Coast in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, got my MFA from Temple, worked uh, up and down the East Coast, um, but, um, you know, kept finding reasons why I wanted to come back home, you know, and uh, I actually uh, got uh, hired by my alma mater, Santa Clara, to come back and teach, and so I taught there for uh, about six or seven years, and then um, got an offer to join, which was then, uh, San Jose Civic Light Opera, Mm -hmm. and uh, they were doing these immense musicals at the Center for the Performing Arts, and, you know, 30-piece live orchestras, and Cass of 50 and huge budgets and I was a technical director and I mean that was that was heaven you know so so I left the university and uh, went to work for them for over 10 years so oh, wow. we, we changed our name uh, during that time to American Musical Theater of San Jose and I uh, just uh, that's really where I kind of grew up professionally uh, and it was just uh, the most magical time uh, we would perform in that great big theater to sold out houses every night uh, and it was uh, it was just a, it was a, it was a really great time for theater and arts in the valley 
mm-hmm. doing these musicals. Um, and then after that, I uh, uh, bounced around a number of other organizations. By that time, I had a family. Uh, was convinced that I, you know, wanted to stay in the Bay Area. I'd had enough of snow, and uh, <laughs> uh, so Roy raised my family actually in San Mateo, but was working in San Jose. Oh, okay. And then reverse commute. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Not I, bad. yeah. And uh, there was actually a time where I was teaching part time in UC Santa Cruz, so I was oh, going wow. from San Mateo down Highway One to oh. Santa Cruz over the hill to San Jose <laughs> and then home. So I'm glad I did that when I was a young man. Really yeah. traversing the area there. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, I've, uh, you know, worked for a number of organizations here in the Valley. I just uh, made the commitment. I had, I've, you know, personally had offers to leave, but um, this is just kind of where I want to live. I've, I've fallen in love with the city of San Jose. I now, for the last 15 years, have lived in the city of San Jose. And my wife is a grammar school teacher uh, in the Alum Rock School District, oh, cool. and she's a native of San Jose. Cool. So uh, we're, we, we've got some pretty deep roots here. Very cool. Yeah, we're both born and raised as well, mm-hmm. so uh, all locals. <laughs> yeah, oh, my, my wife would be very angry if I I didn't say she did her undergraduate at uh, at San Jose State. So they're, <laughs> yeah, e- equal they time. Well, <laughs> me too. So. Okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Where did your passion for theater come from? I know that you discovered that you wanted to work in it with when you were at Santa Clara University. Well. Yeah, I, 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 my passion came from. I can I can tell you exactly when it happened. It was uh, it was just kind of incredible. I uh, uh, was all of eight years old, and um, I uh, my mother. I was kind of a precocious little kid. My mother worked, and so she decided it's summertime. We got to do something with him. We're going to send him to summer school. <laughs> and so she made me take all these classes, like you know, typing and math and this all all the practical things you would want a kid to take. Uh, but she said, you can pick one one elective. And so I saw this theater thing, and I had gone and seen a lot of plays. Uh, at the time I was a kid, um, they had this uh, thing, I think through the recreation department in San Mateo, where you could buy a pack every summer and go see like four plays every oh, wow. summer for kids. So I, I was familiar with that, so I, I signed up for that. And so anyway, the first day, I don't know how it worked, but I arrived at the cafetorium where this class was going to happen <laughs> early, and uh, nobody was there. And so, you know, did I wait around? No, of course not. I went behind the curtain, and it was dark back there, and I was looking around, and I walked over and saw this big bank of levers, and I thought, yeah, I'm an eight-year-old boy. I grabbed the levers and just lifted them <laughs> over my head, and the, the stage was just completely filled with blue light, and it was like the angels sang. Oh, it wow. was like, my God, I can completely manipulate the world. <laughs> a message from the heavens. And, 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 and that was kind of it, to tell you the truth. I then got involved in you know theater in, uh, in high school very heavily, and uh, it just sort of grew from there. That's great. Wow. That's so cool. I remember uh, back in high school, I used to do stagecraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's kind of what uh, sucked me into it. It's like, oh, I'm actually building a stage and I'm showing it like, oh, it's right there. Yeah. You know, like I built that I little back. That. I worked on that. <laughs> and, and you're building a house that turns around or something exactly, fun like yeah. that. So, yeah. It's always got some like, creative. Now yeah. Harvey's going to stick it. out of there. And right. <laughs> All right. So in running the, or working with the previous company you did, which is a much bigger company, mm-hmm. How is how does it feel working with a much smaller production? Yeah, I mean, previous to this, I was uh, managing director of San Jose Rep, mm-hmm. and uh, I left San Jose Rep in October of 2013. And um, at that time, um, you know, uh, I, I was pretty wrung out. It had been a tough go uh, in that job, and so I was really kind of looking forward to just a 
couple good months of unemployment. You know, I thought, you know, that that's gonna be that's gonna be nice. We've you all know? been there for sure. You know? And um, you know, I got the call from from uh, Kathy and and Tabard's board and uh, came down and took a look at it. And um, you know, the the company was just so exciting i couldn't say no i mean uh first of all i think that uh you know there there are a lot of changes i mean we don't obviously have anywhere near the staff of a bigger company uh you know it's uh, everybody wears three and four hats uh you know and uh in a way that's kind of appealing to me at my at this point in my career you mm-hmm. know i mean i can still do stuff you know that's yeah. not uh, dealing with just balance sheets and raising money and Give you know your hands things like that yeah more. exactly so that's 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 fun um also um you know we uh don't have uh professional actors in terms of you know union actors and things like that uh, many of them are fully professional quality and could probably be a professional actor if they'd chosen but they decided to become an electrical engineer and do that and mm-hmm. so they come and do theater with us at night because they like it and uh there's just an excitement there you know because people aren't doing this because it's their job they're really doing it because they love it it's passion exactly and so you know that's that's very good and also i've become very passionate about and very involved in our education program and so you know um when i go to these after school programs and you know you just see the lights turn on and some of these kids and you know our our education program is not about training great actors if that happens that's great, but that's not what it's about. It's really about uh, giving kids life skills through the actor's art. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, language skills, reading, uh, teamwork, uh, you know, using their imagination, things like that. So, um, you know, the um, the difference is, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of staff. Uh, so that sometimes is uh, a little tricky. And, uh, you know, we... Um, you know, there are a couple other things that I, I sometimes miss from the bigger organization, but by and large, uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying being with a smaller company. And I think it's the right size for our community. I, I think that uh, in our community, and unfortunately, our history has proven this out, once a arts organization right now gets above about $3 million, you really kind of struggle just to earn and raise the amount of money to support a company that large. Mm-hmm. At, you know, around a half million dollar budget, we're, um, I think, you know, a perfect size for our, our company. And, uh, you know, uh, financially, we, we, you know, are successful. That's great. That actually is an interesting point that when you get more income, it causes a lot more problems, right? So what kind of challenges were you facing at the bigger organization that you don't really see at the Tabard Theater? Um, well, let's see. When I was at the Rep, the big one was just the building itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to say our greatest asset and our greatest liability is all this building. You know, I mean, we That's, would have to raise almost a million dollars just to care for the building every year before oh, we hired wow. our first actor. And so, you know, that's a hard lift, you know. And so yeah. you, you've, you've got that. Um, you know, uh, we were fully, uh, you know, unionized. We were, uh, had all union actors. Hmm. Um, I have great respect for unions. I think that, you know, they uh, serve a vital purpose. Uh, but, you know, it, it made it, uh, you know, financially just, you know, you had to pay a union wage. And so, you know, that uh, sort of adds to the money you need to uh, generate both an earned and contributed revenue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there were, uh, you know, things, uh, think things like that that were sometimes a challenge. Interesting. 
So how does it work now, uh, as far as actors are concerned, or writers or directors at that? Our, our um, actors, we first of all, uh, we greatly value our actors, and all of our actors are paid, but it's a stipend. So it's okay. you know at the end of the play, everybody gets you know a little bit, um, and uh, really you know it's certainly not money that anybody can live off but it's the sort of thing that says you know we value what you do and we acknowledge that you know you are the core of what we what, what we what we do um so um you know that i'm sorry what was the rest of your question I <laughs> well it, just just like how how does it work for like say an actor or even a writer or a director sure of, of a production same thing with the directors uh, the directors do get paid uh you know but uh you know we're not working with the uh you know sdc the director's union or anything like that mm-hmm. so it's you know most of our directors are uh people who uh direct with uh you know, smaller in community theaters uh, all over the Bay Area. And, uh, you know, uh, some of them have in earlier life been a professional director, and now they're in, you know, sort of later in their career, and they want to do this for many of the reasons I'm doing it. Uh, and so uh, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, getting the plays and whatnot, we still have to pay royalties just like everybody else. But, it's, you know, a lot of the royalties are uh, determined by how big a theater you have. And so instead of having a price tag for 535 seat theater i now have it for you know 100 seat theater interesting so you have to pay royalties based off of the size of your theater you they vary from publisher to publisher but that is one metric so very often it's based on uh how many performances you're doing what your ticket price is how big your theater is things of that nature I never knew that. <laughs> How do you guys select the programming for the theater, as in the seasons as they go on? That is the job of the artistic director. And uh, our artistic director is also our founder, Kathy Cassetta. Uh, and uh, so her job is to uh, put together the uh, season of plays that we're going to produce. Uh, that said, however, we're very, as an organization, this is one of the other things I love about this organization, is we are very aware that we serve our community. And so Kathy has a community or a audience advisory board mm-hmm. made up of past board members of just, uh, you know, subscribers, uh, actors, people who uh, we are here to serve. And so she uses that board to help vet ideas oh, okay. so that, um, you know, it, it's not like, you know, she's going off in a vacuum and coming out with a line of plays. She's mm-hmm. talked to our artists and our ticket buyers and, and things about you know, is this the sort of thing that number one is of interest to you? Also, uh, she's guided by our mission. You know, um, we put on plays for in our main stage season that we don't program for children, but it will always be okay to bring a child so to general one of our shows. Audience, right, okay. exactly. So, you know, what one of the, not one of the niche that we occupy is that we are the place where, and we see this all the time, parents and grandparents are bringing their kids to see a play together. And mm-hmm. so they're passing down that tradition of play going. And, uh, you know, we're committed to that. Um, we also have a, a large number of our uh, audience that are older. And uh, while we welcome and do everything we can to be interesting to a younger audience, we don't shy away. And we're actually quite proud of serving an older audience, too. You know, That's they great. they 
by golly, they deserve great work too. You know? <laughs> and and so so you know we, we do that. But our, our the, the the greatest thing is when you see somebody there or a family at one of our plays where you've obviously got the grandparents, the parents, and the kids. Mm-hmm. That that we take a look at that and go, okay, we we we've done it. Yeah, we're doing a good job. Yeah, here. that's great. Has there been any interest in late night theater, something that's maybe not as much for kids, like a Rocky Horror Picture Show or Point Break or something like that? Yes, there has. And in fact, again, from this audience advisory board, uh, some of our artists uh, a year ago started talking to Kathy about, you know, we get the idea that we want to always do shows that are uh, palatable for a family to see. Mm -hmm. However... We also would like as actors an opportunity to do a little more maybe controversial Stretch or adult work, bit. you know. Yeah. And so in reaction to the, this last summer, we in, uh, started a new program that we're now running in the summers called Top of the Stairs, okay. where we uh, do uh, do shows that are a little bit more controversial, maybe have a little rougher language, a little tougher subject matter. Um, and we certainly market them as that so <laughs> that, you know, that we, we make it clear, yeah, this might not be the one you want to bring your eight-year-old to, you know, bring them, bring them to mom's gift, you know, uh, and uh, but uh, so that's kind of how we're we're doing that, and we're hoping to also, uh, you know, give uh, some stuff that maybe a younger audience would be interested in too. That's fantastic. Now, do you guys run the same show for a period of time and then switch to a different one? Or how does the programming schedule actually work with you guys? Yeah, uh, our main stage works just like that. So we uh, open a show, close a show, have a week or two off, and then open the next one. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so they go in sequence. Now, this last summer, Top of the Stairs, we ran uh, Red and uh, the play uh, O'Keefe uh, in a Rolling Rep. And so, uh, you know, they would alternate from night to night. And so okay. uh, we do that during the summer, uh, but uh, normally our shows run for three or maybe a high of four weekends, and then and then we close it and go to the next one. Has there been a particular show that stood out to you? I mean, I'm sure they're all fantastic, but any one in particular? Yeah, it's like, you know, I mean, you, you can't help but have your favorites, you know, the one that really kind of touches you. Um, again, you know, I worked for American Musical Theater for so long that I have a real soft spot in my heart for musicals. Oh, okay. And uh, I guess it was now two years ago, we put on a musical uh, called Violet. And uh, Violet is just a, a wonderful, wonderful musical that a lot of people have just never heard of. It's uh, uh, literally about this uh, young uh, girl who's living in the deep south in the 1960s mm-hmm. and through an accident is horribly disfigured and uh, so she gets it in her mind that if she can get to this big city uh, and go to this preacher uh, she will get be healed and uh, so along the way she meets these um, uh, this uh, black uh, guy who's in the military, who is, uh, you know, slated to go to Vietnam. And so they sort of throw in together and, and hmm. go. And, and the music is so wonderful. The uh, the roles are just juicy as can be. In fact, uh, uh, the woman who played uh, Violet for us, uh, she actually won uh, Theater Bay Area's Best Actress Award for that year for oh, wow. that. You know? And uh, so it was, uh, um, you know, just a great music. But I, I loved that. That uh, musical, um, you know, right right now, Mom's Gift we've got is just it's just 
so touching, you know. We've been I mean, hearing fantastic things. It, about it 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 is so funny and at the same time so touching, you know. And uh, so you know that's certainly wonderful. I mean, you know, the thing that's great about this job is that uh, you know you've always got something new. It's great for somebody who has a short attention span because whatever you're doing, <laughs> you're going to be doing something completely different in, in the next weeks. couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's perfect for me. So how many times <laughs> on average are you watching each show? Yeah, do you, do you watch four or five productions. It depends. Uh, it depends. Uh, like uh, for some of the shows, I actually also double as lighting designer, and oh, so wow. I'm I'm there through the whole technical week and uh, sit in on rehearsals and things like That's that. Uh, for Mom's Gift, I wasn't the lighting designer, and so uh, you know I uh, wasn't uh, around as much during the rehearsal period. But uh, certainly, um, you know, I'm I'm around now that we're in performance. That's fantastic. So is is Violet uh, an original production, or is that something that you purchased? No, actually, Violet was on Broadway. And, oh, really? Yeah, okay. Violet was on Broadway, and uh, you know, did did very well. You know, but uh, it's just for some reason one of those musicals that uh, didn't really get broad. Uh, certainly, I think the broad national attention it deserves. Mm. Interesting. How many original productions do you guys produce a year, would you say? Usually, we at least have one, and very often, in fact, I think there have been some seasons where we've had two or three, certainly two. Um, you know, we uh, very much encourage uh playwrights to, uh, you know, say, hey, we're a place that, you know, you, it's going to be hard to get your play produced, but, you know, we might be able to do something. Um, we produced uh, two years ago now, I think, uh, uh, the play Swift Justice by Tom McHenry, who was mayor of San Jose. Mm-hmm. And oh, wow. uh, uh, it had had a few uh, productions, but he completely reworked the play. And so in essence, it was a brand new play when it came to us. And it's about the uh, Bret Hart kidnapping and murders that happened in San Jose in 1930. What? And um, that show uh, was the first show in Tabard's history to completely sell out before opening night. Oh, I mean, wow. You know, so we really touched the nerve because we were telling a story that was uniquely San Jose. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was it was uh, pretty wonderful. Um, we have this uh, Christmas, we have an original play uh, uh, put, uh, I believe uh, uh, both Kathy and uh, Gus Cambites have uh, worked together on it, uh, Holiday at Savoy. And so it'll be kind of a recreation of a, a Christmas club act at the Savoy Hotel in New York in the 19... 19- Forties, yeah, I believe. That's really cool. Yeah, and the really cool thing will be since it's a, sort of a recreation of a club act, if you will. Um, uh, the audience is going to be encouraged to get up and dance because we're going to have a nineteen-piece big band on stage. Oh wow! And uh, if you can't dance, don't worry because before the show, we're going to have our choreographers come in and teach you <laughs> swing dance. So, it'll be a fun time. That's cool. Get involved in the production. Exactly right. right. You'll get to be an actor and you don't have to say a line. Yeah. So it's lessons <laughs> and a show. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's very, really unique. That's yeah. really great. Yeah. Wow. So does the board decide which original productions you're going to do for that particular? No. The the board, and, and this is pretty uh, common in, uh, in theater, uh, you know, organizations, uh, the board does not get a vote, if you will, in uh, that. They hire the uh, executive director to run the business. Uh, then they have an artistic director who is hired to select the shows. Okay. Now, their two big jobs are to hire and fire those two people. So if they don't <laughs> like what's going on, they always 
have that option, but hopefully you don't, you know, you don't get there. Yeah. A little bit of pressure. Yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, uh, uh, the board really is, I like to call them the keepers of the vision. So what they look at is not specifically what plays are we doing, you know, right now so much as is this slate of plays uh, in support of our mission. Mm. And, uh, you know, if it's not, then uh, it's their responsibility to, you know, raise up and say, hey, we, we got an issue here, you know. Yeah. But uh, uh, happily, you know, uh, with Kathy at the artistic helm, we just don't have those issues. That's great. Excellent. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm going to pitch uh, uh, Back to the Future, the musical. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, that would fit our our mission. We could we could do that, uh, you know. So you'll be hearing from us. We we yeah. have we, we we have a very small theater though, so you know, in terms of uh, stage space. But. Well, can we fit the DeLorean? Yeah, okay. as long yeah. as we can fit the DeLorean, we're good. <laughs> if, if we could just have the DeLorean, we might be able to make it work. <laughs> Excellent. So how, how does that work with uh, Stagecraft Hands? Do you also have a, uh, a set of group of people that do that, or is that part of the multi-hats that everybody wears? Um, both. Uh, but we do have a technical director, uh, Joe Cassetta, who's also our board president, and oh. he loves building scenery, and he does it. I mean, if you take a look at the set we have on our stage right now for Mom's Gift, it's phenomenal. It's like, you know, wow, this is a beautiful, complete you know, living room. Um, uh, But we then have volunteers. Uh, One of the things that we're very proud of in Fort Tabard is that, you know, we are here to serve the community. And the way we do that is we create a environment where you can participate in any area of what we do. Mm -hmm. So we have people who are, you know, retired engineers who come and help us build scenery. We have Uh people who are, you know, teachers and housewives and things like that that come and help us build costumes and this, that, and the other thing. So um, by and large, not by and large, almost completely, our our scenery is built by, by volunteers who just like to do that. That's so cool. So it really is just everybody's so passionate about the project. They just want to build and make the whole piece come together. Yeah. I mean, we, we sometimes have to do a little arm turning, you know, like, hey, <laughs> what are you doing next Saturday? You know, we need to move a piano. Why don't you come on down? Yeah. Well, how, how do people get involved that are, you know, that haven't heard of the tabard that would love to get involved in something like a million this. different ways uh for, you know you can literally come and see one of our shows and then uh we always have uh, either a kathy or myself or usually at the show you can come up and talk to us and say hey i want to get involved mm-hmm. um you can go to our website which is uh, tabardtheater.org and that will tell you how you can get involved get in contact with us um and uh you know whatever you want to do if you want to get involved uh, we're going to bend over backwards to make sure you can do it and for everyone listening we'll put the links to the website yep. and other Great. aspects into Great. the thank description you. of the podcast so. yeah thank you yeah so currently you guys are running mom's gift right, right. um and how long is that running it for? closes uh next sunday so oh, okay. uh golly i forget the date i'm sorry but <laughs> no, no. It, no that's fine yeah it uh, closes next sunday okay um what's the next upcoming show after that after that is our holiday show if you will which is holiday at the savoy Okay, the one we were just talking about. Right, exactly. Very cool. And how long is that going to be running for? That runs pretty much the month of uh, December, so uh, right up until about the week before Christmas, and it opens, I believe, December 1st. If you're trying to get out of the rain, go check out a live show. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. Well, you know, at the last minute of the podcast, we do like to give you a chance if you want to say anything to the people out there or... 
Yeah, I just you know final I, thoughts. Yeah, okay, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing I, I you know, um, we have the same reaction when people get to the top of the stairs and come into our theater that have, are coming in for the first time, and I've seen it now just hundreds of times. They take a look and they go. This place is incredible. I never knew it was here. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the one thing I'd like to say is, you know, we have uh, free music concerts. We bring in outside groups. We have our plays and musicals we put on. We have programs for kids. And, you know, come and find us. Come and see us. Uh, you know, one of the things that's exciting is they're building the Modera Project next door to us. And when that's all done, there is from Almaden Avenue literally going to be a tree-lined paseo with outdoor dining leading right to our front door oh, wow. but until that happens you got to work a little bit at finding us you know uh, but uh, again we're you know located between Peggy Sue's and uh, uh, the spaghetti factory you'll see our signs on the construction wall and just sort of follow the walkway and and we're there and it's going to be well worth uh, finding us because uh, people who get here uh, tend to stay it is one of those San Jose gems that uh, should definitely be uh, explored for our, any listeners out there. Uh, but uh, it was it was fantastic talking to you. Thank you so yeah, much for your you time. So we much. understand that you got a rehearsal to go man the helm on. Actually, but, uh, it's a show today. <laughs> so show we've tonight, got yeah. a matinee and an evening show. So I've got to get up there. But thank you. It was great talking to you. And uh, uh, thank you for giving us this opportunity. Oh, yeah, absolutely.